TJ, I almost did it, but I didn't do it, and I want you to be proud of me. I almost said happy Monday. It's not Monday. Good job. You Good know? stuff. I almost did it, but I actually I I didn't talk over uh, Mark in the in the rejoin thing in the intro. That's what it's called. Yeah, you cut it off. We were having a conversation. You cut it off in a very. It's kind of how we end segments here, and we don't know how to end them. You're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I just say, oh, it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> yeah. You're right. like, you know, it's just it's kind of weird. <laughs> and in, in no way. Yeah. Coming to a conclusion or properly wrapping up our conversation, but you're like, we have to go. So just say something open-ended and we'll move on from there. Yeah. In my head, like I was like, that doesn't make any sense at all, but I, I can't say anything else. So that's where we're going to leave that. Yeah. We got to update <laughs> a, a couple things from the weekend. Number one, uh, of course, the biggest sporting event uh, that took place this past weekend, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Of course. Our American hero, Joey Chestnut. 15 in a row, PJ. Who else would it be? 15 in a row. True. Joey Josh Chestnut taking it down. And I uh, I actually forced some family members to watch it this year. Nice. And there are some queasy looking faces around me. I was going to say, uh, that's what no one can prepare you for is the dunking. Like, it would be different man, if it was just hot dog. Is a but... grown man taking three hot dog buns, dunking them in a, <laughs> oh, like, giant gulp gl- cup. Yeah. Like dunking them in water, shoving them in his face, and then then again watching a grown man take three hot dogs and just put them in his mouth at the same time and just like a like a pelican just devour them. Just take those bad boys down. Like everybody gone. else's hot dogs, like their counter was going up like one at a time. Joey Chestnut's like hitting like three, two, three. It's like Steph Curry out here. Yeah. He's like, it's basically... Joey Chestnut did the math, and he was like, you know what? One at a time's not worth it time-wise. Yeah. It's basically a bunch of, like, what, what was the comment? Like, a bunch of plumbers and electricians from back in the 50s and 60s yeah. in the NBA? Uh, so it's basically like a bunch of plumbers and electricians against Steph Curry. So Joey Chestnut <laughs> dominates. Uh, Wimbledon still going on right now. I know... He dominated Wimbledon? No, no, no. He, yeah, he no, probably would. Like, he probably would. They don't want no smoke from Joey you know Chestnut. What, you know what my favorite stat, sorry, but before we move on, my favorite stat from this weekend of Joey Chestnut winning Tell was me. the fact that he has more than double the amount of championships as, as Tom Brady. Yeah, I saw Adam Schefter tweet that one so, out. So, like, he's obviously the GOAT, right? I mean, yeah. just of all time, and they had, everything. Uh, they had Jason Fitz out there as, I guess, the sideline reporter, and at one point Jason Fitz was like, I'm in the splash zone, Oh God. which to me could only mean uh, – he was like standing directly below them as these giant humans were just dunking. So, okay, quickly before we move on here, I know this is just just completely bouncing everywhere. Uh, What's more impressive to you? I don't want to put Joey Chestnut in there because he completely like skews the results. Uh, I think like the second place had like 41 hot dogs, like somewhere around there. So 41 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Is that more impressive than you than... The guys who do the lemonade gallon challenge. Um, I'm pretty sure it was it was uh, the winning time was under a minute. Chugged a gallon of lemonade in under a minute. That is pretty ridiculous. And it's not like Kool Aid lemonade or anything like that. Like this is like squeeze from lemon lemonade. That's, that has to uh, wreck you. It it does, but. I, I don't know. I just, in my head, like, liquid is e- easier to drink than, than hot dogs. But a gallon of, like, of just lemon. I think the, and I'm and sure sugar. A, a lot of, like, football coaches are out there are, are about to disagree with me because, you know, like, 
things like pain is, well, I, I don't know. Like, just some of the theories they, they say about, like, pain and, like, just, just weakness leaving dis- the body, disregarding baby. it and whatever, yeah. and it being a mental game and all this other stuff. But yeah. at the same time, like, the grossness of the hot dog eating challenge, if you truly want to be the best, like Joey Chestnut, that the lemonade chug doesn't have that level of grossness, right? It's just you're chugging a drink, which is great um, and, and is insanely impressive, the fact that they do it that quick as well. But you don't have to deal with the mental block of this is the most disgusting thing I've ever done that the hot dog eaters do, so or the good ones do. So, yeah, I, I think more impressive, probably more also disgusting, is definitely the hot dog eating challenge. Also, like, it's just so much food. It's just so much, man. It's an insane amount of food. So, and I like, do love it's the It's also intros. an insane amount of lemonade, for sure. Like, I, I'm with you, but I respect it. I'll try to find the audio, and I'm sure I can, uh, because it's all broadcast on ESPN. But I love the intros that they give to all of the eaters, which, which like, it's the top, like, 15, I believe. Yeah, top 15 ranked eaters in the world. Yeah. And it's, like, there's different guys who's, like, he's the reigning world kale-eating champion. <laughs> this man has eaten more spam in 10 minutes than anyone in the history of the world. Like, it's impressive resumes, but there was one guy who came <laughs> out there and they were like, he's a man so bad that he escaped from a prison in hell. Hell prison. And no. I, no. Dear Lord. It was just all the pomp and circumstances around is, is <laughs> outstanding. And it's cool because... I don't know if it's a sport. We can have that conversation if you want to. I don't uh, think we do. I don't think we want to have that conversation. <laughs> I don't know that it's a sport, but it's four time and there's points allotted and you're using your body physically. So I think there is an argument to be made that it is a sport and it's on ESPN. Uh, but it's a legitimate way to make a living now. Like it used to be like unless you were Kobayashi <clears throat> and you were just like a side like a side circus act. Yeah. It was hard to make a living. Whereas now with social media and the way these guys can market themselves, they can all actually pretty much do this full-time. Yeah, have it be sustainable, which is insane and impressive and good for them, for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's it's been uh, it's been a slow and steady rise to the top for competitive eating, but hey, we're there now, so why not? Um, I, I <laughs> Have you seen the, uh, the 30 for 30? No. It's actually pretty good. I'm not gonna right. lie. I don't know. I don't even know if I watched like all of it, but it's actually pretty good. Moving on real quick. Uh, Wimbledon uh, going on this past, or still going on, but uh, watching it over the weekend. Uh, I, I, Wimbledon, one of those sports or one of those events where it's a sport that you maybe don't ever watch, but you come back to it for one event a year. I think very much like the Masters for a lot of people, right? Where. Even if you're not a giant golf fan, so many people uh, consume the Masters. But interesting this year because I think, for the most part, you're going to have a new name uh, atop the women's side. But also, flip it over to the men's side, you have a lot of Nadal's and Djokovic uh, who came through this year, or this morning, excuse me, and came back from two sets down. So, women's side, I think it's going to be a new face uh, in Wimbledon. Men's side, you could have some of the classics matchups with some of the best tennis players ever uh, going head-to-head. But does Wimbledon draw you in? Because like I was saying, I feel like we call it, say, the Daytona 500 for NASCAR, the Masters for uh, 
golf, right? Where it's maybe a sport people don't watch for 364 days a year. Yeah. But they might get drawn back in for that one. Like, is Wimbledon a big enough event that even if you don't consume tennis, you'll watch like a final? Uh, I, th- I think you have to. I, I don't know, man. I, for me personally, I'll pay attention to it for sure. I'll keep keep track of what's going on. Um, if the, you know, the, the, the finals matches something insanely intriguing, um, like, you know, a, a severe underdog going against, you know, one of the greats or, you know, two of the greats duking it out, uh, then, then I'll probably, you know, see, see it, what's going on for a second. But I don't know. For, for me personally, not, not really. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like there, there are certainly people who, who do have that kind of sentiment, I think. Uh, I think you probably have to be a fringe tennis fan for, for that to happen. See, I don't think so. I think you just have to be a sports fan, right? That's kind of like the reason I'll watch, again, I'm saying it, I'll watch the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest is for one day a year, yeah. I could be interested if the stakes are high enough. Right, right. I'll say, like, I, I be- have begun appreciating things like this and, like, big tennis matchups more and more as we've gotten older and as the greats have have stayed around. Like... The fact that I don't think, you know, back in, you know, 2006, 2007, Whoa. right? Whoa, what? Whoa, no, There's always great tennis players. You're just, no, you're just sure. too young to know who they were. No, 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 exactly. But, I mean, I still think that, like, back in, in like, the late 2000s or, like, early 2010s, like, hopefully we knew and realized, like, how good Roger Federer and, like, Rafael Nadal and, and those I mean, guys yeah, were. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you didn't know you were going to have it, like... You didn't know you were gonna have it for so long, or like. Well, Federer's still sitting on the sideline right now, but I mean. Sure, but I'm just saying, like, you, like got, you got the Joker out there, Nadal's out there doing it. Yeah, you just it, the the older you get, the more you appreciate those guys because, uh, like we've talked about with other, um, you know, big sports figures, it's like how long are they still gonna be there? Yeah. So you start to tune in a little bit more and more every year that goes by, and they're still involved. I feel like so. I mean, yeah, I I get what you mean. Um. I'm probably not going to go out of my way to 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 consume that, but I'll still respect it and um, you know keep track of it for sure. And like I said, if if there's some just insane matchup in the finals and I'm available for it, yeah, why not check it out? Well, tennis you- has always been something to me that's like I respect the hell out of tennis players. Like people don't get how difficult that is. I'm sure stuff constantly. Um, but I can respect it without What's just tougher? wanting to consume it. Wimbledon match or 61 hot dogs in 10 minutes? Oh, wow. It depends on what Wimbledon match is it. You know, if it's that, if it's, who is it? Uh, John Isner what would you and the guy? Be- what would you stand a better chance of doing? Like played tennis for like, like a day like, and a half? Like, like I know it's like point zero 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 one two percent like chance of it happening. But like what would you stand a better chance of doing? Upsetting somebody like first round at Wimbledon? or Or putting down... 40 hot dogs in 10 minutes. A lot of people might be surprised at this because, especially right now, I'm somewhat of a heftier individual, but uh, probably the tennis. Like, I can't eat like that, dude. I can't do it. Like, I can't even have a good chance. Like, I'd get sick before the end of the match. I don't think there's a way I the, touch, the the, I don't think a, way I touch a tennis ball. Yeah, for one I, of these people. I never have, but I, I, think I still there's a like, chance. I think there's a chance. I just like prep myself correctly the day before. The day before. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to. You got to, you got to, like, listen, the hungriest I ever am in my life is hungover. Because that's hungry. Interesting. Yeah. Because, so like, like, I don't want to see anything or so like drink, eat anything. Well, it's like you got to wait until, like, 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon the next day. Even then. So when the headache starts to fade. Yeah. Uh. But, like you said, you're not really hungry for anything for that entire time. So once the headache starts yeah. to fade, the hunger returns ravenous. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's for me. Like, I think about it too much or what. But I'm always like, am I hungry or do I feel sick? Like, Where am I bored? <laughs> but not even that. It's just like, is this queasy or is this starving hungry? I, I can't choose. So I like, always, Based on the damage I did yesterday, yeah. I think I'll get closer to 40 hot dogs in 10 minutes than I would ever even get to returning a serve Yeah. at Wimbledon. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back. There's some more news uh, regarding potentially future uh, uh, conferences in college football. Four teams meeting with a conference, and we could be seeing the end uh, of a predominant college college football conference say that five times fast uh we got more to come here on second down though we'll dive into that news when we come back and take a look at what we could be seeing in the near future inside of college football christian okay alongside pj zuko we'll be back after this all right so some developing news around college football even as we sit here and talk to you talk with you you know this is an inclusive show talk with we don't talk at anybody pj this is an open dialogue absolutely yeah so, no. It's just, it's kind of, as we're sitting here discussing hot dogs, uh, there's a continuing storyline that's being put out there. And then Dennis Dodd uh, from CBS Sports just came over the top. Doesn't change what I wanted to talk about. It actually kind of lends itself towards my theory. Uh, and Dennis Dodd over at CBS Sports always does an excellent job. Remember his coverage last year uh, at SEC Media Days when uh, he was one of the first talking about Oklahoma and Texas, kind of breaking that and trying to get in Greg Sankey's ear about it. As Greg Sankey probably wanted that one to wait a couple more days so he could have gotten out of Birmingham. Uh, but that being said, there are reports out there, and this is kind of a two sides of the coin right now for the Pac-12 or whatever remains of them after USC and UCLA are gone. So the rumors started swirling immediately after USC and UCLA announced that they were leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, that Washington and Oregon, the two biggest teams remaining in the Pac-12, were talking to the Big Ten, and the Big Ten said they were waiting for what Notre Dame was going to do to make a decision. We don't know how true those rumors are because it didn't come from either one of those sources. It just mm -hmm. came from, quote-unquote, people in the know. Well, now, according to Dennis Dodd, the Big 12 has entered the conversation where six teams from the Pac-12, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon, Utah, and Washington, so I would say the biggest teams remaining inside of the Pac-12 are in conversations with the Big 12, quote-unquote, deep conversations to join their conference and kind of bring the Big 12 to what the new status quo seems to be, roughly 16 teams, right? So now you have the SEC taking Texas and Oklahoma, 16 teams. The Big 10, they add USC and UCLA, 16 teams. And then the Big 12, who everyone buried is just kind of ripping the heart out of the Pac-12 and saying, hey, that's a failing league. We're going to grab the best commodities because they don't look them in the schools. It's the best commodities we can out of your conference. And, yeah, if you it, like Drago said, if he dies, he dies, right? The Big 12 doesn't care about the Pac-12. So we could have potentially three 16-team leagues that are all vying for playoff spots, right? 
There are also other reports that are coming out, and this is officially from the Pac-12 itself, that they are currently negotiating their broadcast rights with Fox and ESPN. So since USC and UCLA are no longer going to be a part of the conference going forward, they can renegotiate and choose to choose to renegotiate those deals. And everyone's like, okay, that's kind of an interesting time to do that. <laughs> yeah. When you're, I, I'd say probably not your two biggest commodities, but your biggest market just left. Mm-hmm. Like Southern California just left. LA just left. Right. I'd say if you're talking about Oregon and Washington, maybe being better like programs, sure. But your two biggest markets just left the conference. Interesting time to renegotiate a TV deal, right? Apparently, this is a last-ditch effort to try to keep teams from leaving the Pac-12 by basically saying, hey, we have a deal in place. Here is X amount of money that you are going to be receiving every year, whereas the Big 12 doesn't have that deal in place yet. Right. But if I had to guess, these teams, again, the six teams reportedly talking to the Big 12, according to Dennis Dodd, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon, Utah, and Washington. The, the biggest teams left inside yeah. of the Pac-12. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. I mean, Stanford maybe, but I don't think Stanford has ever really put out there that, like, nah, we, we really care about being competitive in sports. Well, that's the thing. That's that's what I kind of, like, d- double took at when you mentioned that. But it, it is true. Like, when you think about these things, you have to, I kind of have to scale myself back a little bit because I automatically go to competitiveness on the football field and how relevant have they been in the past 10 to 15 years. But it's not all that. Like you said, with Los Angeles and Wandown, it's about market. And when you talk about from Colorado to Oregon to to Washington, really spanning that whole kind of West Coast and and Western part of the United States, those are the biggest – uh, yep. markets, and those are the biggest teams when you're speaking in, in that regard, not necessarily Stanford, who has been competitive for the past 15 years, but it's just another part of California, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so, let's just face it. <laughs> so as we're looking at it, potentially two years from now, we could see a 16-team Big 12, the 16-team SEC, 16-team Big 10, and if I had to imagine, this is either going to go one of two ways those conferences are going to balloon to 20. Big 12 adding four, SEC maybe going after like the Miamis, North Carolinas, Clemsons, like going after them. And then Big 10 adding Notre Dame, which I think is the most likely option, even though Notre Dame currently is an ACC school in every other sport besides football. Right. I I think the more realistic option money-wise is that Notre Dame jumps to the Big 10 they add a few more teams, maybe some more of the remnants of the ACC, maybe grab the Virginia schools, maybe grab Boston College. And so then you have three 20-team conferences, right? So where does that leave the sport? Because I think that's what everybody's kind of worried about, right? Is like, where does what does this look like going forward? I think there's a way that this can happen and it not just completely ruin college football. Right? That's the word that keeps getting thrown around. It's like, Man, yeah. college football's dead. This is ruining it. And to do so, and Bill Conley's pointed this out as a comparison as well, because we've talked about this before. It's the only thing that kind of is similar in terms of makeup is look at European soccer. So those for those of you who aren't familiar, European soccer, each country for the most part has their major league. And then you have a lot of subsidiary leagues from that. Like in England, you have the Premier League, but then you also have the Champions League as well which is the 
teams that are fighting to get promoted into the Premier League, right? Or if yeah. you're on the bottom of the Premier League, you get relegated down to the Champions League. So you have the English Premier League, you have Syria, you have La Liga, you have the Bundesliga, right? All of those leagues get together every year and playing playing something called the Champions League, which I believe is at 32 going to 36 teams, and then they play in a tournament to determine who the best club team is in Europe, right? So how does that compare to what's happening in college football? Well, the idea of expanding the playoffs for these big conferences comes from the fact that they want to get more than one or two in. They want to probably get closer to three or four teams in every single year. It's just more TV dollars. It's more games for these networks to broadcast, right? So what does that potentially look like in college football? Let's start with 16. Say the playoff expands to 16 teams. And you give three guaranteed slots to the newfounded SEC Super Conference, Big 12 Super Conference, and Big 10 Super Conference. So that's 12 out of 16. How does that help the rest of college football? You're still in the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Sunbelt, I guess the mutated child of the remaining ACC and Pac-12 that form their own mutated conference get together oh, and maybe they have a spot in there. Can you imagine what that league would be? I'm sorry to... Yeah. I'm not trying to ruin your point, but keep going. No, yeah, it's horrifying. <laughs> but that being said... It doesn't completely, like, we keep hearing these these 40-team Super League, and they're just completely separating themselves. Mm-hmm. I talk about it all the time, and it's the golden goose, right? You don't want to kill the golden goose. And what the golden goose is, is how much me and you love college football, right? How much the people listening to this right now consume college football on a daily basis. There is an entire ecosystem that is sustained by people who want to know what the decisions of 16- and 17-year-old children are. Right? Like, there are multiple companies that sustain multiple people and multiple families based off of your obsession. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but your obsession with the decisions of 17-year-olds. Yep. Where they want to go to college. Right. But what makes all of this work is your interest in it. Right. And I think the people making these decisions are smart enough to realize that, that you can kill this. Like, you can make people not interested in it anymore and then you've gotten yourself way out over your skis and you basically college football collapses economically right Right. i I don't think people are pushing towards that i think realistically right now we're looking at 16 team leagues for the foreseeable future i know a lot of people are looking at washington and oregon potentially joining the big 10 i don't think that's happening i think from what dennis dodd is saying it's looking more and more likely they and some other teams make the jump to the big 12 and the big 12 who went out and hired the COO, I believe, of Rock Nation, who has yeah. zero college experience, to come take it over because they know where this is going. Right. It's going to entertainment and TV and eventually sports gambling in the in the era of name, image, and likeness and all of that. So, But I think I could be into a, yeah, the SEC has 16 or 20 teams, but at the end of the year, you have this college football 16-team Champions League, basically. Yeah, right. This this mini tourney, right? This e- extravaganza. No, that's that's true. Um, I think that is probably the best way to do it at that point. Um, if you have just these mega conferences that 
that end up playing. Like you said, that's that's probably the best balance of equality, I think, between those leagues and also maybe giving a shot uh, to those smaller leagues as well. Now, would would that happen? I I think that would be probably the best way to do it, the most fair way to do it, the most interesting way to do it, sure. Um, has the NCAA, not even the NCAA, uh, but, I, I mean, have we always had the best model, though, to uh, giving the the underdogs a, a chance? I, I don't ne- know if we well, necessarily no, you would have, have a, over the if past. If you expand this thing to 16, you yeah. have a better chance now. That's like what Georgia I'm Southern, Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, they have a better chance if they go to that 16-team model sure. to make the playoff. Well, agreed. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. But, like, my point, I guess, my counterpoint, I guess, is I would love for that to happen. But over the history, we've seen that kind of, for some reason, they always get shoved out. So, Well, you said a word in there, the NCAA. They have nothing to do with it. No, I know, and that's why yeah, I, I they, went back but on it's, that. It's, yeah. And I wonder how much of it, because we go back to, what, six months ago, where they were talking about the 12-team playoff, and then, uh, what, three months ago, it just gets squashed. Like, basically, the ACC couldn't get out of the way, Yep. and a couple other leagues couldn't get out of the way. I mean... Real quick, that alliance didn't last very long, did it? No, I think that was this was probably yeah. the alliance, right? The alliance was, hey, one of us is going to dissolve. Big, no, it was, Let's uh, just make sure we we I, feed the other co- other conferences. This right? felt very like the Big Ten was the Lannisters here, like where they were like, hey, hey, yeah. back twelve, yeah, come on come over here, here. Yeah. love you, buddy, love you. Let's buddy. figure love out you. everything, <laughs> yeah. like right in the back. Let's figure out everything we we can know about you, and then we're gonna make a deal with this other person. Oh, you don't exist anymore. See you. Sorry. Bye. And then they kind of had the deal with the the Big Twelve. Like, listen, once we kill the Pac twelve, you can take the scraps. Yeah, well, that's true. So, wait. So the Big Twelve. No, you said the Big Ten is the Lannisters. Okay. So I, I'm just trying to figure out who's gonna die on their toilet. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen to anyone. <laughs> we'll do a whole show where we compare conferences to uh, different factions of Game of Thrones. But I, oh, go I, ahead. I will say I I would like to uh, like to give credit where credit is due. I I don't think I, if you if you read a uh, a message that that came into both of us throughout this segment, I don't know Mario, my brother, how how much of a thief Christian is because I don't think he's ever had that conversation directly with you we have no, talked I was, I was supposed to read mario's mind <laughs> well like me and mario have have had that conversation plenty of times and i will say he, he has talked about a kind of a premier league uh kind of yeah situation in in uh college football mario, for a while minds think alike that's exactly but right going back to my other point so but christian would have had no i no no way to know <laughs> that so a thief maybe not are you guys linked at the hip and at the mind, I yeah. feel like it. Absolutely. Yeah. So kudos again, to both of you. Going back to my original point. So six months <laughs> ago, hot and heavy talking about 12-team playoff, right? That seemed like the most logical thing that was being pushed forward to. Yeah. Apparently, Greg Sankey and other commissioners were meeting in like airport lobbies to discuss this stuff, drawing plans up on the back of napkins, very cloak and dagger, right? And then about three months ago, it gets squashed. Yep. They couldn't get out of their own way to, like, again, it sounds like the ACC was just kind of like, Aah! and it's like, dang it. Now it's going to be like yeah. fast forward. Now you don't exist. Well, I wonder how much of that wasn't the ACC going, eh, and a whole lot of it was people being pulled aside saying, hey, we might not want to expand right now because we're about to do something. Right. Maybe. Like, don't lock yourself into a new deal 
because we're about to get a 16 team. Everything's going to change anyway. Correct. And the yeah. Big 12 is about to make a power move too and save themselves. Right. Because I mean, this would, I mean, I know the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma, that was huge. And maybe even bigger was the USC UCLA deal to the Big 10. But if the Big 12 can somehow save themselves. Yeah, out of all of this, right? Right, right. And, and in all honesty, you the TV and just the stature that you get from having Oklahoma and Texas, it's going to be tough to get that back. But if I told you Oregon and Washington yeah, or Utah, Colorado, hell, I mean, that one makes a lot of sense, right? That just yeah. seems like Big 12-y, right? You're taking up a really large swath of the United States. Mm-hmm. And that would be a fun conference again. And realistically, again, if you're looking on the field, Oregon's got a great athletic department, and they've been a better football team, I'd say, than Texas over the past few years. Agreed. Right? Oklahoma's obviously made it to the playoffs a bunch, but Washington has made it to the college football playoff. Oregon made it to the first college football playoff championship game. Yeah, they actually won a game. (laughs) Yeah, the Jameis Winston throwing the football backwards. Yeah, exactly. But if the Big 12 can save themselves and somehow – put themselves back up in there as a top three conference in college football, I think that would be a huge... Like, if they pull this off, I would argue that they're a more relevant conference in college football than the ACC. Yeah, in a, in a heartbeat. Like, take Clemson out of the ACC, what are they right now? Like, yeah. I know Miami and Mario Cristobal are talking a lot right now. We have not seen it on the football field. Exactly. I think the Big 12 would be a more nationally relevant conference than the ACC. Yeah. So they put themselves right back up there in the Big 3. Right. So this is, I, I think there's hope on the horizon if you're kind of reading the tea leaves and reading the way things are right now. I know, Again, I know a lot of people are talking about the SEC trying to go after some schools from the ACC. I think the domino that has to fall next is Notre Dame. Yeah. So I think if Notre Dame doesn't join the ACC and they go to the Big Ten, then that's going to force the SEC's hand to try to go out there, get their numbers up as well. Yeah. And that immediately just going to look around their territory and say, hey, North Carolina, what's good? Hey, Florida State, what's good? Miami, what you guys doing? Clemson. Clemson, yeah. Yeah. You and Georgia love being rivals. You and South Carolina love being rivals. Why don't you just come? Yeah. Hop in the same conference. You got to do that as fast as possible. And that's if – I'm sorry. I know I rolled your eyes when – I rolled my eyes. Yeah, that would have been You rolled awkward. my eyes? That, that would have been crazy. I don't know how that would have happened. But I know I kind of rolled my eyes when you mentioned Notre Dame. But – I think that's been just as as someone who enjoy who came from Big Ten territory and yeah. whatever. I've been hearing and listening to the well. We're just waiting on Notre Dame now for like twenty years, fifteen years, and it's it's been very frustrating. So it always seems like they're the one holding up the progress or the the kind of transition of a lot of people, especially when it comes to the Big Ten, because there are there have been so many historic rivalries and big games between Notre Dame and Big Ten members. Um, I just feel like I've been talking about that for 10 or 15 years. So, again, like when, when the Big Ten last week said, oh, we're waiting on Notre Dame and then we're going to figure out Washington yeah. and Oregon, I was like, all right, well, you just lost Washington and Oregon because you're waiting on Notre Dame again, and they're not going to make a choice until they have to because it's Notre Dame. Yeah. But I think that being said, I think it is about time where they have to make a decision. Like, like I said, they're not going to make a decision until oh, they have it's not to. Like, it's, this isn't like a theoretical thing. It's about it's like, time they mm, do. Maybe they make a decision. No, this is a financial thing. No, get, get in a conference as soon as possible. They are, yeah. they are like every couple of years, they're losing hundreds of millions of dollars on potential TV deals. Yep. And that's just, it's it's not 
financially sustainable anymore. If you want to talk about it strictly from a, hey, we want to make the college football playoff point of view as to why they haven't joined a conference yet, I get it because there is that thing where it's like, hey, we can play a lighter schedule like where we play like four teams from the ACC, some service academies, USC, and then we call it a day, right? You can play a lighter schedule, and then for whatever reason, the college football playoff committee is always like, oh, look, Notre Dame's undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Got to put them in there. They, they, they go all the way yeah. back to like 1945, and they're like, hey, Notre Dame, yeah. they're undefeated. No, do it correctly. Notre Dame. Yeah. See, I can't do it as good as you. That's the thing. So it's just, but it's. For whatever reason, they see gold helmets and undefeated, and they're like, oh, top four. Yeah. Like, no <laughs> doubt. Got to put them in there. Uh, that it, it gets harder if you join one of these Super Leagues, right? Like, if yeah. you join one of these big conferences, it immediately becomes harder for Notre Dame to make it to the college football playoff. In all reality, what we have consistently seen out of them is they make it to the playoff, get smoke-checked by whoever they're playing against, right? So the reality is Notre Dame, most years, playing in the conference, probably a 9-3 team not making it to the college football playoff. So that could be the that's probably the only reason why they haven't done it in football yet cuz again, in every other sport they're an ACC school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they know, hey, we we have to play in a conference tournament in basketball. Right. Right? We have to play in the conference tournaments in all the other sports, the, the conference meets and gymnastics, right? Like we have to do these things. We can't be independent. But in football, we got our own TV deal, we can play our own schedule, and for whatever reason for decades the powers that be are like hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. you go you go notre dame Do love those guys my my the father at my church said if i don't put you guys in there yeah you're rough well too bad it's it's about time for all that to end uh-huh. if there's if there's one thing that i can be happy about when all this is said is, is said and done like you know thanos sitting down at the end of infinity would, war yeah. is notre dame joining a freaking conference would you want them to join the big <laughs> 10 just so they could get uh, yeah, I, I would like that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, w- I would like to see all those games again, and I think that's always been the best natural fit. And again, now I think there's there's even more incentive to because, oh, you want to join the ACC? The ACC might not exist in a year, man. Correct. You know who's going to exist? The Big Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC. So it's about time to take your pick out of one of those three, and I think Big Ten's just the natural fit uh, for, for them. Well, we'll see. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with more on second down. We're presented to you by the Uniform Source. We'll be back after this. I guess the big question now becomes, looking at it at a a micro point of view, if you're just like fan by fan, team by team, I know the SEC's tried to address this. The ACC's just gone divisionless. How do you go about scheduling? Yeah. Because I'm thinking about like what the big questions are going to become around college football once everything settles, if everything does settle. But once everything settles, how do you go about scheduling? And I think the conversation that's usually stopped expansion from happening in terms of the playoffs or in terms of the regular season is these are unpaid athletes, mm-hmm. right? And these are players where we're already getting the most out of them we can with 15 games if you make it to the national championship, right? I think we're probably on the verge of seeing that changed where it's no longer unpaid labor. And at that point, do they go, we don't care how many games you played, you're getting paid for it. Um, But in terms of just in the conference themselves, right? If you go to a nine game schedule, do you believe, or is it just kind of regionalism with some of the bigger teams that a vast majority of college football fans have a number of teams where they're like, 
hey, we have to play these guys every year. So I know it's easy to say as a Georgia fan, an Auburn fan, a Penn State fan, Ohio State fan, we're like, hey, we, we have to play this team every year. Or we have like four teams that we have to play every year. Yeah. That's the reality for most college football fans or most of the fans that are in one of these super conferences. Or is that a select few that that concern lies on? Uh, I probably. Well, I asked because like Bill Conley put out a theory of what the Big Ten could look like uh, scheduling going forward, and he didn't have Ohio State or Michigan as the permanent rivals for Penn State. Yeah, which is crazy. It was probably Michigan State. Um, I think Michigan was, State was probably the one. I want to say Illinois was another one. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, and Rutgers. Oh, God. Oh, Which, I mean, if we're just talking about from a strictly, Stop hey, let's get some wins every year point of view, not bad. I don't know. I guess that's kind of like a semi right What's hilarious is the chant every year for that game is we're not rivals. Yeah. Because, like, because <laughs> like Rutgers has always wanted to be, and we're just like, hey, no. <laughs> but anyway, the ultimate rivalry. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's probably, like, every school has that one school, right? I, I do think... The, when you talk about the, the few programs, I think the few programs are like the schools that have like three or four rivalries, and they're like, hey, we have to keep those. That's not going to happen, yeah. and, and I think that is a problem for the few. But the problem for the many is yeah. not being able to keep any, right? Yeah. Because every school has one school that is, is that big rival. Uh, I feel like that that should be protected. I just think there's some fans that listen to the show that get a little bit skewed, where it's like, talk to a Georgia fan, like, listen – we got to play South Carolina every year. We got to play Tennessee every year. We got to play Auburn every year. We got to play Florida every year. We got to play Georgia Tech every yeah. year. Like, it's just, you're like, just, you that, can't that's ha- only not have so many that you're going to play every single year, right? right. Like, where, where does it stop? Like, listen, we played Vandy every single year. It's like, no, like, come on. Right. I would even say that, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, that there's so many tradition rich, I guess. Uh, games down here, but that doesn't mean they're they're rivalries, and it doesn't mean that they need to be protected for sure. I think honestly, you, you talk to a lot of SEC fans; they they might feel the same way because I do feel like there's kind of an aspect to that, especially down here. That that. But brother, you got but all these games are named. Like, yeah, uh, you got you got clean old fashioned hate. The sure. Deep South's oldest rivalry. It is crazy how many named rivalries, quote unquote rivalries, there are, but. The world's it's, largest it's just <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's great that we've had it that way. That the SEC has had it that way yeah. for for so long. But times are, they are changing. No, as, as Ron Burgundy once said. It's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's a problem for honestly, probably like the SEC and yeah. not not many other conferences or, little, or little teams. Re- little regionalism. So yeah, I think that's going to have to change though, no matter what, moving forward. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on ESPN Radio. All-Star voting is back open for the final phase of voting here. You can go online uh, to MLB.com forward slash vote to vote for your favorite players. Uh, And Ronald Cunha Jr., one of the highest vote getters out of anyone in Major League Baseball. I'm curious for PJ Zuko's opinion on this here quickly. If you're a guy who hasn't played in half the games leading up to the All-Star break, regardless of how good you've been. And Ronnie's got some RBIs, a few home runs. Do you deserve to be an All-Star starter if you haven't played in, like, even half the games leading up to that? An, an All-Star starter? Yeah. Like that? Uh, yeah, no, probably not. 
Well, Sorry. it's looking like that's going to happen, which, again, All-Star games are shams. Uh, yeah, no, completely. The guys from 3 and Out have the day off today just enjoying you know, an extended vacation, which is, is fine. PJ just took a, a big old vacation to Hawaii. It's true. Now these 3 and Out guys get a big old four-day vacation. And He's, I'm here. They can just do whatever they holding want. Holding it down for you folks because I care about you. But the 3 and Out guys will be back tomorrow. we got Braves Cardinals coming up for you a little bit later. Uh, if you miss any portion of our show here today, you can check it out on ESPNCoastal.com or wherever you get your podcast.